What's going on guys? Charles Warren up here, aka The Handsome Home Buyer. In this week's podcast, we are changing it up. We've been taken over by Ken Hanlon, aka Thanos, superhero in his own regard. Taken over the Smells Like Cappy with Handsome podcast. Going to talk about his journey, what he did, what he does, and how him and his wife have band together to launch a totally new career and how successful it is. And what he does for, most importantly, the youth of, uh, of Long Island. I'm going to be speaking at his school and his entrepreneur class this Friday. Levy and I are going out there. I'm going to talk to the kids, which is ironic because you're talking to someone who barely got out of high school. And now I'm going back to high school to uh, speak words of wisdom. So check it out. It's a great heartfelt podcast. We'll see you next, on next one. Hey guys, <laughs> Ken Hamlin here. This is my first podcast and I'm here under the... Uh, because of Charles Weinraub, a.k.a. The Handsome Homebuyer, uh, the Cat Peep podcast coming up. Uh, I, I love Charles. We met a couple of years ago. and uh, How did we meet? I, I was stalking you on, on, but in on a, social. In a non-creepy way. No, no. I just love what you did and uh, do. And uh, then I took a class that you took. Uh, oh, yeah. A real yeah. estate class, like, an all-day class. Yeah. Really love that. And I just... I just have followed you. It's funny. Um, I, I really put you in the same category as Gary V. Nice. And then when you started to sort of expose your love of Gary V and everything, it, it just made sense because you're like the micro version of him in real estate to me. And uh, you don't even know how many people you're affecting and touching and, you know, that, you know, maybe, you know, offering stuff too. So the reason I'm doing this podcast is because Charles said, uh, hey, if you want to do a podcast, hit me up. I saw him at a social event a few nights later. I had a couple of cocktails and I said, Charles, I want to do a podcast. And he was more than gracious to give me his facilities and uh, I can't pay him back enough. Uh, the reason why I'm doing it is because uh, I want to show people that there's never a, too late of a time to try stuff. I'm 57 now and uh, I wake up with the same energy I had in my 20s and 30s, and uh, I want to inspire other people. Not that I've not that I've achieved anything, and part of the reason I, I really like you and look up to you is because I like to hold myself accountable, and I've I've done it in a negative way a lot in my life. I've beat myself up because of things I haven't done, and I've had that negative voice in my head, which we've talked about, and to see you with you've always had that positive voice in your head and I know it's a choice to make what the voice is in your head so that's something I'm really working on and to follow through with the real estate and by doing this podcast I'm trying to hold myself more accountable if I'm doing a podcast and saying what I need to do in a public forum I'm more likely to follow through on it so well, that makes sense so yeah if it's out there and you're telling the world that you're going to do something it gives you more of an incentive to do it because... I don't want to have the egg a, on my face. There's accountability, exactly. A lot of people know your story, but uh, you have a great story. Uh, years ago, you were... Uh, actually, retract a little bit. Uh, we got to know each other a little bit better when uh, I'm a... As you guys might know, not know, I'm a social studies teacher, and I also teach an entrepreneurship class. So uh, Charles was nice enough to come in and speak to my students, and uh, I was just telling his staff what a great job he did. Uh, came in and gave an organized 40-minute lesson like you've been in a classroom doing lesson plans your whole life. It was concise, understandable, and the kids really got a lot out of it. And we're going to have Charles again on October 22nd. Uh, so I'm excited about that. The kids are excited. We actually have a girl in my class. She's a sophomore now, and 
you know, I turned her on to your podcast. She loves real estate, and this is what she wants to do. And nice, you know. So is she in this entrepreneur class? Yeah, she's in the class now. So none of the same kids from last time are going to be in there, right? They no, all, they're no, all, they're all gone. Add into the world. Okay, perfect. No, it's good to know. And that was very listen. As much as you were thanking me for that, uh, I really had to thank you for that because it was it was really an amazing experience. It was very cool to be able to do something like that. For me, it was very full circle because obviously, uh, I did not have a uh, the best. Uh, time in in high school and middle school, yeah. You know, which I, many entrepreneurs share that common trait. Either they didn't perform well academically, and then when you don't perform well academically, you're bored or not interested. You you fidget, you know, and you act like a kid. And sometimes yeah. teachers, you know, and you know they don't they don't understand that. And I I've, thank God uh, over the years I've evolved as a teacher, and I've seen that and through the magic of social media I see so many of my ex-students where I was like what the hell is that kid ever going to do with his life he can't keep his head up in social studies and then you know he's a corrections officer driving a BMW telling me Hanlon you got to call me back quicker you know for this house you know so now I'm working for them that's awesome you know so it's it comes full circle and and now you know I now the kid who has his head on the desk, I don't jump on him anymore. Because yeah. I, I have a feeling that they're going to work out because the stories like you and Gary and all these people where school might not have been for them, that type of school, but they, they were maybe learning a different type of education. You know, even how to survive a day without getting the, the crap beat out of you. You know, stuff like that or being called names. And, you know, when you're, when you're the odd man out, you have to read people. And when you walk into the cafeteria, are they going to let me sit at the table? And there's a lot of stuff that goes on in school that, you know, I try to tell the kids it's a temporary thing. And you guys are living proof that, you know, it, it, it does not define yourself, the, the experience you have in school. And, and likewise, the kids who, you know, kick ass and are the homecoming king and queen and the blonde curly-haired quarterback, you know, they end up on, on the other end of it too. So, you know, that it's, it works both ways. It really does. No, it's true. So it was, it was very cool for me to, after having such a, a hard time in school, to be able to come back full circle and give back and be able to stand up in front of the class and say, hey, guys, listen. And the cool thing that I didn't realize was the assistant principal was there. Yeah. And I, at the end of it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I said some pretty heavy shit. And I'm like, you know, really sorry if you know you were no. offended by any of that. And he's like, nah, man, it's awesome. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which was like, hey, listen, if you can get good grades, fantastic. But none of this shit that's going on right now matters. Yeah. In the real world, once you leave here, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And to your point, high school is a very temporary place. And kids are very, very cruel. And there's a lot that goes on in high school, and kids at that age think, you know, this is my entire world. Mm-hmm. When it's just, it's a freaking, blip. I know. it's a blip I know. on the radar. And now with that phone, they they they're so much braver than they would have ever been. They say things they would never say to somebody's face, or of course, you know, so it's, that, even, it's, it's even worse. That's something we deal with. I, you know, I I, I don't know what it's, how it's going to turn out in ten or fifteen years to see, but you know, you know, the kids that get it and still can look you in the eye and can see a teacher with their hands full and open the door like that used to be the norm now it's the exception but those kids are gonna even even tech driven and all that's still gonna be personal relationships and how you treat people and empathy and all that other stuff that you guys um, talk about but it's tough for you guys because like you're saying there's i guess this is much an art as it is a science with you because you know you could see a kid that's asleep at the desk who's just basically not engaged and you could try your best to engage him, but if the subject matter is just yeah. boring for him or her, yeah. you're not gonna be able. To, there's nothing gonna be able to I do. I should take it personally. Like, holy shit! Like, my my Hamilton lesson didn't excite this. <laughs> but meanwhile, the kid's like, 
in a trailer home, like yeah. doesn't know where he's sleeping tomorrow night because dad might not come home. And there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, so much of that other stuff. So the kids have a lot on their plate. They really do. So we, we as teachers do that, but there's a fine line because you don't want to coddle. You want to prepare them because they're not going to get their ass kissed out in the real world either, you know? Well, you definitely shouldn't. I mean, I think kids, myself included, were, were coddled way too much. Yeah. And, and, and they shouldn't because at the end of the day, when you go out, Long Island isn't the freaking real world. You know, yeah. high school is not the real world. When you go out into the real world and it's like, it's, I mean, I don't want to say kill or be killed because it just sounds terrible, but it's like either you're going to be independent or you're not. Yeah, exa- well, the, in defense of us parents who are raising spoiled kids, sorry kids, um, my wife and I tried really hard to have kids. We did in vitro. Yeah. Like it was, it was like, you know, a strain. And uh-huh. when we got the news that we were having kids, it was like a gift from God. How many and kids do you have? Two, two okay. kids. And Twins? Then, no, a boy and a girl. Okay. In vitro both times? One time. Froze the eggs. Wow. Took out some, had the daughter, okay. took the frozen eggs out, had the son. Wow. So technically they're two years apart, but are they the same age? It's like a two for one package. Yeah, is that, is that, that may be a little bit too much, but... Uh, You've said that joke before, haven't you? <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> I we used tell. to call him Jack Frost. <laughs> oh my god listen whatever works yeah they're healthy so they're, they're here yeah and and thank god but like my daughter had 200 we had a little irish shop in port jeff years ago okay i used to have two or three beers with tires when my wife was pregnant buy six or eight outfits and come home she had 200 outfits in her closet before she was born yeah. all different stages of her life just because you were so excited so we were so excited and we thought that's what to do disney three times before you're five she doesn't remember Disney now. Wow. <laughs> it's like, no, and I love my daughter, and we, yeah. we're getting through it and everything else, but, you know, it, the pa- we try to do the best for our kids because maybe I didn't have that when I was a kid yeah. growing up. But there's and, a balance and, there. Oh, there's got 100%. I like, I sit there, like, I was, I had a very, um, I, had a, not, I wouldn't say easy, but I had a very fortunate upbringing, and I was never lacking for anything. My dad that's sitting yeah. there, you know, gave me a lot. So did my mother. And I say to him sometimes, like, I wish he would have made me struggle more. So now I'm thinking, like, if I ever have kids, I'm like, I'm gonna make them like they're gonna have to like work to eat. Well, look at like, Bill Gates, have to, like, right? Like, Bill I'm, Gates. I'm not buying them a car. Like yeah. they're gonna have to freaking work for a car. Yeah, like yeah. you better get a job at 15 because if you want a car at 17, you better start saving right now. Yeah, like, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's regardless of like well, how much money. You I know, have. at that age, you get that perspective. Like when you're 22, you know, you, you know, you're with your, you know, your wife, and you know, you got a little stroll. You see the Barbie freaking, you know toy car 450 bucks who cares i'm i'm a boss that guy yeah. right you buy it and you know my daughter drove it four times yeah you know but you live and learn you don't i said to my kids what do you think there's like books on how to be parents and i'm like oh there are i just didn't read them <laughs> <laughs> but who says they know what they're talking no, about i know i know hey you the, and the kids are listen it's it's, it's that's really, why we have fingerprints it's so different it's you know? situ- it's, it's very situational and yeah. like yesterday i was working through the mall changing a pair of pants and there was <coughs> a woman with three kids and she had one in a stroller and she's trying to feed it and the three the two other kids are killing each other in the aisles and i'm just like this poor woman i'm working like, with uh, one of my ex-students right now a buy and a sell Sold his house in Oakdale, bought in Manorville. Four kids, a fifth one on the way, all under six years old. And they handle it like cool hand Luke. Not a race. They just deal with it there. Some people Wonderful. just have that they just have, Well, they're from big families. That's what they grew up in. Yeah. And yeah. they were just like, we look, my wife and I were just like, and they, they were just like, 
you know, industrial size Cheerio things. You know, they just manage. You know, that's what you do. So, uh, you know, that's my why. I, you know, want to show people, you know, that it's not too late to do things. Uh, and, pl and, and plus, in today's world, you know, back when my dad was young, like he had one job his whole life because he was so. Well, afraid. that was that generation. He, you know, he was miserable. Ah, uh, but that was that generation. I know he had three, three, four boys to feed, yeah. and like he came back from World War II and didn't. What talk. did he do? My dad worked for uh, Sperry Gyroscope. Okay. Uh, Grumman type thing, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. air defense, you know, overlooked mid-management guy, you know, felt he was overlooked, miserable, and, you know, his love was basketball. Like, he was alive when he coached CYO basketball. Yeah. And that's what we had in common. And then I was like, Dad, why don't you become a teacher? I, I, I you can't do that. I, you know, but today it's like, it's so much more fluid. Kids do so many different things. 50% of the jobs that will occur in 10 years aren't invented yet. You know, there's yeah. crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Like the 3D houses you're Freaking involved Freaking printing 3D houses. And, you know, that's, it's just a, a crazy world out there. So, you know. So, so wait, how long have you been in real estate for? I've been in real estate two and a half years. So, I mean, that's a pretty big, and you know, you work side by side with your wife. You guys are like a tag team. Yes. And at 55, you decide to get into real estate. Yes. What makes you get into real estate? You're a teacher. You got summers off. You know, you. I well, I. Uh, my wife and I were gonna were toying with the idea of doing it part time in retirement with our leisure suits on in the, you know, in Florida. Are you getting ready to retire from being a teacher or no? About three more years. Wow. Yeah. So. Because you're what? You're 55 now. 57. 57. So 60 you're gonna go. Yeah. Wow. Maybe 62. You know. Okay. Depending. But, uh, you like it though. Like I've I seen do. you with the kids. I do like you it. You really like it. I say And the kids really respect you and you're not like that typical teacher where kids are like, eh, like No, like I try you. to be the, like the teacher that I used to like to be around. I like yeah. to, you know, know what they're about and what that they're doing. That school's huge, by the way. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big school. And, and, but, you know, it's, the challenge is letting them know that there's a world outside of, of Manorville. Because yeah. there's no downtown. There's, yeah. no, there's no Main Street. No. So the school is the hub. Yeah. And that's where everything happens. So anyway, I, um, I'm teaching and uh, we toyed with the idea and we were going to take the class uh, and my wife got laid off suddenly from Arrow Electronics. 30, wow. 30 years. She had wow. People underneath her and she was actually doing an employee uh, to, to evaluate them for raises. Yeah. She did all of her salespeople underneath her. She came in on a Monday morning. They go, did they do the evaluation? She said, yeah. They go, come in. They brought her in the conference room, and she got fired on a laptop by somebody in Denver. 30 years. And she walked, got walked out. They had to mail her her things, right? So I was pissed off. I came home that day, and I'm making a sandwich, and there's no American cheese. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, where's the American cheese? Like two days without American cheese? Like, what is this, Croatia? You know, like I'm pissed. Did you know that she got fired? No. Uh. And she goes, come here, I have to talk to you. <laughs> I go, what? Better be good. And she goes, I got fired. And I go, oh, all right. Well, now we can do real estate full time. Where's the American cheese? Yeah. That's uh, no excuse. No, I was, I, <laughs> I let her ride slide that night. Yeah, you know, it was good. <laughs> but uh, They don't have American cheese in Croatia? No, that, that was, I don't know why I picked Croatia. Any Croatians out there, I apologize. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, to make I don't it. think it's a big thing in Croatia, though. No. Croatia is actually beautiful. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Those I've seen some European crazy countries. parties there. Yeah, well. I can't do that shit anymore. I'm too old. No. No, I don't have no, I can only, I can only uh, dream. And, and plus, I, 
even uh, when I sold my boar's head wrap, I did that. It, it hurt. I, How I, did you get a boar's head wrap? Because those things are like freaking winning the lottery. Like in the sense that they were brother, very, very my, difficult My brother get. bought a route okay. and I was working on Wall Street. How did he get a route? Like he was an accountant. Okay. And he was an accountant for a big boards head guy. Okay. And this guy wanted to break off his route, which hadn't been done before. Okay. Because it was so big? Yeah. And he wanted to like sell off pieces and keep, still keep a big piece. So he went to boards head and my brother, my brother's, you know, crosses T's, dots his eyes. He's a very good businessman. So... They gave him a shot, so he bought a route, pseudo route underneath them, and eventually got his own route. Wow. I worked for him for eight years. Okay. And my brother had 7-Elevens. They would, used to make sandwiches at 7-Elevens. Yeah. Before it was like cold I, I worked one there. And then they came with the pre-mates. Yeah. And that killed his route. So, like, literally, he couldn't afford me anymore. So I was, like, looking into buying a Snapple route. And then I'm walking through Brooklyn, and this boys head guy says to me, you want to buy a route? I, I can't afford a route. He goes, if I don't sell the route in so many days, my wife's going to leave because I got a gumad on the, on the route and she caught me. So I was like, okay. So Shut up. $10,000 down, I bought a board. This is how out. you bought the freaking route? Yeah, no, no contract, handshake. $10,000. And a, a note for 150 Gumad on the route. How many years ago was that? 20. What's 22? that route worth today? Uh, I sold mine. I sold it for five hundred. What's it worth today? Probably. Over a million bucks. Oh right? yeah, yeah, those routes are like. You should see the real estate thing offers I had back then. Like, can you want to buy this house in East Hampton? It's overlooking Three Mile Harbor, four bedroom, two and a half bath. I, this guy was one of my customers. He was building a house in Montauk. He was going to sell it to me for two hundred forty-nine thousand dollars, and I bought a house in Port Station. I, oh, I can't do that. I, and I was making a lot of money and I, oh, I can't do that so my son ends up going to a basketball camp out in East Hampton with the New York Knicks okay. guy I know is running the camp Ken you want to go back we rented a house we're going to have a barbecue it's that house it's a million dollar house yeah like, you know million Remsenburg Remsenburg that's the thing when I, had, when I saw my boys had right I had $100,000 cash and notes coming in so I wanted to buy houses in Mastic and Shirley they were Thirty thousand dollars, yeah. right? Thirty thousand dollars cash. I could have bought ten houses. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, have the. I had no self confidence in myself at that time. Well, also, it wasn't what you did. Like, no. You were in a different business. No, no. You know, to just I didn't. Start buying houses. I was like, nah, I can't do that. You know, I didn't even look into it. So yeah. then, uh, where does the doubt, the self doubt, come from? The the parent, my my upbringing. My I grew up in a household where. They tore you down to piss you off to prove them wrong. Out of love. Wait, they tore you down to piss you off to try to motivate you to prove yes. them wrong? Yes. Did that my, work? No. Well, yes, it did for a long time. My dad Okay. My dad was always always that negative voice. You're not working hard enough. I, we were basketball. I was just okay. honestly. You didn't you're not working hard enough. You're not doing this hard enough. You'll never be this. You'll never be that. And Always like How did I remember, I got a letter from Columbia, yeah, to play basketball there and William and Mary, Division One schools. Wow, so excited! Now, I know in my head, I'm not an NBA player, I'm like, holy, sh you know, Ken, you're not a Division One player. Like, who if Columbia let me sit on the end of their bench, but I get that education, Columbia, 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 Columbia. Wow, and I, you know, I didn't even answer back the coach. 
you know wow. like stuff like that that that's what sort of gnaws at me and that's crazy because it's like i mean this is not to like not to have regrets but if you would have made that phone call and you would have went what would your life have been that's the thing that's what you know i tell kids this all the time i i was i was friends with basketball through uh, with a guy named mitch kupchak he's a general manager of the Charlotte Hornets now. He used to be with the Lakers. He, Showtime, Magic Johnson. I used to work at his basketball camp. We were buddies, right? So I'm 22 years old, out of college, nothing to do. Why don't I call him? Like, he would have hired me in a second, low level, but like, I'm like, what would have happened? Because basketball was my true passion. That's why I ended up, ended up being a high school basketball coach and owning a restaurant and teaching. And I was mediocre at all of them. I tried doing too many things. Like that, that's part of it. I want to show dad, okay, I can do this, 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 and this. Is your I dad still, still do it. Is your dad still no. Alive? no. In fact, funny thing, I have a, uh, a teacher that I teach with, very close with, and she's like into like spirits and <laughs> crystals and stuff <laughs> like that, right? And she, you know, she's got a whole business and she does very well. So, and I love her to death. Like she's my best friend teaching. And she, I go, you got to do a reading for me. I got to find out if I'm going to hell or what the hell is going on in my life. So as soon as she sits down, she goes, your father is sorry. Loud voice. Do you have a loud voice? I'm like, yeah, booming voice. And, and then after everything she said after that, it was just like, you know, but she was right on target with a lot of stuff. Like, you've been so close so many times in your life. Like, when I had my restaurant, my thing was, to get Guy Fieri there. Okay. Gotta get, your, he was my Gary V. Okay, diners, drivers, and dives? Yeah, and if he goes to your place, That's it. you're a millionaire. Yep. No doubt about it. So, long story short, I post the thing on Facebook. I get a girl from college. My sister-in-law is married to Guy Fieri's hairdresser. I'm like, huh, right? I write the letter, right? I send it out to him, right? Gary V's, I mean, Guy Fieri is going to do a, uh, he's going to do a book signing in Huntington at the book review. Like you hear it on the radio. I call up the book review. I want to sponsor this Burger Shack, blah, 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 right? So I make a dossier of the Burger Shack, all my pictures and everything. And I take the day off from school. And I get there at like six hours early. So wait, so you were a full-time teacher and had this restaurant? Yeah. How the hell were you doing that? And coaching varsity basketball. How? Waking up in the morning at four. Going to the restaurant for two hours doing paperwork and writing Wait, checks out. You're a basketball out. coach? And then. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait, you're a basketball coach? It used to be. Not anymore. I, yeah, but I, you're I, still like. Oh, I used to. I was a varsity basketball coach for three years at Eastport. Hold on. We're doing this charity basketball game. I think we need a coach. I'm texting <laughs> James to say, if we, do we still need a coach? If, he, if, if we do, you're in. All right, fine. Do we still? <laughs> So yeah, let's I, keep it rolling. So I used to, yeah, I used to uh, coach basketball. How did you do all that? I used to. It, that's the drive. It's like I want to show everybody what I like. I have a poor perception of how I look, like Homer Simpson and Shrek and all that. Like I want to show that everybody that the doofy guy can. Nobody said I could own a restaurant, not opening one. So I was like, you know, so fired up about it, and I was fighting my wife most of all. Because she's the rational one. She loves me to death. She doesn't want me to get hurt. So we, we walk in the restaurant. Now, I'm buying mulch one day at the Garden Depot. Wait, so what happened with Guy Fieri? Oh, 
Jeez, I'm sorry. This is crazy. So Guy Fieri, so I write the dossier, right? So I'm waiting there that day. So there's this young girl comes in. I'm like, are you affiliated with the Guy Fieri sign? Yes. I go, well, I'm sponsoring the event. Could I have five minutes with Guy, you know, beforehand? She goes, I don't know, but, you know, we'll see later, right? But I'm not in charge, right? So I wait till the six o'clock thing. Now, people are starting to get online. So at six o'clock, this chick with a headset on, stilettos, 23 years old, you know, Ivy League, comes walking. I go, that must be her. I go, hi, I'm Ken. I'm sponsoring the event. She goes, who are you? What's a burger shack? You know, like... I'm like, can I meet with Guy Fieri for five minutes? I've been here since 11. She goes, I know nothing about this. I go, well, can I get on the front of the line? She goes, no, you got to get on the end. So I get on the end of this line, three and a half hours, right? So I'm like, all positive, man. Going to meet Guy. I meet Guy. He's a great guy. Gives me a knuckle bump. I'm like, tell him the whole story. I know your hairdresser. You know, he's like, okay, we're gonna, we'll make it happen. You know, out of the side of his mouth, knuckle bump him. Then they're doing the New York City Food and Wine Festival like the next month. Okay. Guy Fieri's restaurant. I go, we're buying tickets, right? We take a limo in, my wife and I. She doesn't spend money on limos. I go, this is the night that's going to change our lives. So we go in there. We take a limo in there. Guy Fieri's at the door. Hi, Guy. It's Ken. We met last week at the last month at the book signing. I go, I'm friends with Ariel. He goes, oh, Ariel's inside. You go find him. Now, I don't, I've never met Ariel, but I'm saying... <laughs> So there's like a thousand people in there. So for three hours, I'm asking everybody, who's Ariel? Who's Ariel? I meet Ariel. I went to college with Gwen. Oh, Gwen's great. We're doing shots. My wife's like, it's fun. She's crying. It's finally going to happen. He's like, oh, you're definitely on the show. You're great. You know, I'm like, holy shit. Right? Were you and Guy? Or the- I, yeah, we're hanging out with Guy, too. We're doing knuckle bumps. We're saying we're going to be on the show, right? Take the limo home. It was a nice limo ride. <laughs> and I go to school thinking I'm going to be a millionaire. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm walking to detention. And I get a phone alert. Okay. Guy Fieri, uh-huh. TMZ, in fist fight with hairdresser. They got loaded on a plane. Guy Fieri is pounding him in the face. I never want to see you again, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And it's all on TMZ. So I, I look at it, I'm like crying. I'm like, I can't believe it. My in with Guy Fieri is in a fight. So I call Pam. I go, Pam, I go, Guy Fieri is in a fight with Ariel. And, and guess what? After that, I let it die. I go, oh, they never became friends again. And I never followed up on it after that. I said, that's a sign from God that I was not meant to be on Diners, Drivers, and Dives. <laughs> so that's why I had this mentality, you know, like, holy shit. Good limo ride, though. Oh, it's a good limo ride. All right, cool. Especially the bumps on the cross island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What the? F- yeah. What else you got? So, uh. No, the, uh, you said, you said you've been so close so many times. Was there another time you were really close like that? With my restaurant, I started making videos. That's vid- a tough business. Man. I started making videos. Burger blogs. Okay. The same time Gary Vee started doing his wine blogs, but I didn't know Gary Vee. That was a long time ago. I did 11. He did 3,000. And I tell my kids, like, I wonder what would have, like, I, I, I dressed up like, I, I did like uh, the Greek burger. So I dressed up as the guy from 300. And like, it's, they're, they're edited. They're really good videos. They're funny. I got a lot of traction. But I, you know, 
Like if I put a video out and I only had 353 likes, oh God, they don't like me. I was worried about that shit, you know? And I tell, I'm telling my kids in class, you can't worry about that stuff. You can't, you have to put yourself out there and not worry about the static or the amount of likes and just do what's making you happy. I, these videos were making me happy. I love doing it. I did it with a coworker. He didn't even charge me to edit these things. And they came out re really funny. Now my kids love them when I show them in class. Like one time I'm, uh, we do a uh, corned beef burger. I'm dressed up as like an Irish butcher and I get drunk and I fall asleep and I put, instead of chopped meat, I put corned beef in it and we ground the corned beef. And you know, I end up doing an Irish dance at the end. They, they were really cool. And, and, guess, and guess what? I was getting phone calls. Uh -huh. I get phone calls from Guy's Grocery Games, uh -huh. Vanderpump Rules. Okay. I, got, I started getting phone calls from Hollywood. Okay. About like Vanderpump Rules, like uh, we saw your, you online and we want to do an episode where the girls are going out to the Hamptons but they need a quick bite to eat, right? So I'm like, oh, I, I closed the restaurant for the day, Vanderpump Rules and you know, all the, the, every hour, we're gonna be an hour and a half late, hour and a half late, there's problems with production, right? So I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna be on the show and everything yeah. else and the, you know, the models are gonna fall for me. So they show up, they're like, where's the food? I'm like, you're not coming in? Like, no, no, just give it to us to go. And like, they didn't even take the cameras out of the cars. You know, but, but the fact is, by putting those videos out there, I was gaining attention. Yeah. You know, and I, like you with your d daily Gary V thing, like today's was awesome. Thanks, what was today about? Um, oh, it was... Uh, Show my memory. Let's pull it up here. There's so many of these things. I know. Keep doing what you love. Keep loving what you do. Yeah, the, every day is a great message, and uh, you know, and I know you're not going to stop until like that's the difference between me and you. So I want to ask you, how do you get this tenacity? Like, how do you like? Are you frustrated that like you know that guy? Uh, what's his name? Is his sidekick? Oh, D Rock. D Rock. You know, he got in touch, well, reached out a couple of weeks ago, and then hasn't been. Like, are you getting yeah. frustrated at all, or just something you're just going to keep doing and I'm doing? Just going to keep doing it. Keep doing Cause it. Because I like the process of doing it. I think it's, I think it's fun, and I know it's going to happen. And I don't expect him. Like, I don't expect him to do it now. Like, I expect him to make me go 100, 200, 300, whatever it is. Days. Yeah. The irony is, like, when you put stuff out into the universe, it happens. So Corey, who runs property management, comes in this morning. He goes, "I met, hung out with D Rock on Saturday." I'm like. What are you talking about? You hung out with D Rock. Did you hear about this? Uh, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, so hung out with D Rock. Didn't we talk? Did we talk about this before or no? A little bit. Oh. Corey's like, I hung out with D Rock. I met D Rock. I'm like, what do you mean you met D Rock? He's like, I guess we have a mutual friend. He's like, I wasn't aware we had a mutual friend who opened up a pop up shop in New York City. I was there. D Rock rolls in. I start talking to him, telling him about what you're doing with all the houses oh, and everything. Beautiful. He's like, D Rock's like, listen, it's really hard to get on the podcast, but he, he DM'd Corey his. Uh, his yeah, email address yeah, yeah, yeah. and said email me some shit yeah. I'm just like here we go yeah. like listen even if that doesn't you don't know who's gonna be on the other end of something but even if like listen fate is bringing us there cause like I'm not gonna stop until we get there and this might be the time where it happens it might be the length where it happens or it might have nothing to do with it but at the end of the day I find it fun and, and guess what it's making you better in your pursuit of that yeah and there's people it's just so funny so I'll go out to like a networking event and people are like yo Day fifty five, Gary V. Like, when's he gonna fuck it? When when yeah. when's he gonna do it? Yeah. Like, it's now become something that like the real estate industry rooting for, is yeah. rooting for. And the cool thing is, when it finally happens, it's gonna be like it's really gonna be an example to everybody that has watched it. Yeah, sure. Of, of what is really possible. Yeah. 
Because people have, like, most people have very limiting beliefs. 110%. And, and that's what I tell my seventh graders. Like, like, our first lesson of the year is to set one-year, five-year, and 20-year goals. Okay. And they're like, it's the second day of school. And you're, <laughs> and you're asking, we're not supposed to start working and we're yet. Supposed to, and we're, you're asking me what my major is in college, you know, and where, what university. I want it to be specific and yeah. clear and, you know. And I, I go, Why do you do that? Why? Because I want them to start having that conversation with themselves. I don't want them. To, my dad used to say to me, "You're like a, you're like a driftwood. You're just going down the river, and whichever way the current's bringing you, that's where you're going." I want you to have the paddle in your hand. Like I want you to direct the path. I want my kids to start thinking that well, if I'm gonna, you know, be a brain doctor, I, I got to start going science heavy, yeah. and I got to start making this decision in eighth and ninth yeah. grade. Because seventh grade, it's go time. Like seventh grade is really like, even though they feel they're super young, for all intents and purposes, it's kind of go time. Yeah, now, and just just in getting your your act together and, and loving who you are and knowing uh, we want the kids to love who they are and be okay with. Like I tell the kids every day, if you're feeling it, 81, 80 kids are feeling it. Like if you're feeling pit in your stomach, who felt had a pit in the stomach on the bus today? And all the kids have their hand up, you know, and I, what you're going through, everybody's going through. You have to understand that. But, you know, I, I just I just want the kids like in seventh grade, their dreams haven't been squashed. Like, I want to be MLB. I want to be, you know, yeah. I want to be a YouTuber. OK, I had a kid yesterday at an open house, seven year old. What do you want to be when you get older? I want to be a YouTuber. How are you going to make money on YouTube? Well, they're going to buy my videos. What kind of videos are you going to make? I don't know. I go. If you can make videos to help seven-year-olds out, like the seven-year-old version of Charles, <laughs> I go, you'll be a millionaire kid. And his mother's looking at me like, my wife's like, just let him, let him go. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I, I love doing that. I love yeah. putting, planting seeds in kids' heads. You never know. Somebody might come back to you in 20 years and say, hey, you remember me? I've had it. Yeah. I've had it happen. I get letters and, you know, it's, 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 it brings you to your core. I mean, when you... you, you, you you said something offhanded to a kid and they took it like you told me I can do anything and I didn't even remember saying it or with sports I did it a million times in locker rooms and stuff you know I, I used to coach everything I got tired of the parents the, you know the unrealistic dreams and yeah you know so we were we were like I had 38 kids on a, on a lacrosse team we were 10 11 and 1 killing everybody everybody played every game and i was in the office like five different times because i'm ruining johnny's chance at a scholarship because he's not with playing with these other kids and you know he plays better with them and you know the dudes are going to rise to the top you know like just like you know you see a kid at a talent show and one kid can sing and nine can't you know yeah but uh you know i i do i i'm glad i got it funny how i got into education you never asked me that. I had my Boar's Head truck, and I was driving through Eastport. You know where that old high school is on Montauk Highway? Okay. One of my old friends from the basketball camps was doing bus duty, right? And I drive by. I go, that's Rich. He ended up being a New York State champion coach at West Hampton and Suffolk Community. And he works for the Charlotte Hornets now. He works for Mitch Kupchak now. No shit. Yeah, so it's a small world. So I stop the truck, and I get a bag of hot dogs. I, we, last time we saw each other was in, the, in a bar in the Bronx. We snuck out of Fordham University basketball camp, and we were in a bar. 
and uh, there were some people there that shouldn't have been in, so the bartender takes a rifle and puts, that was the last time I saw him, like 25 years ago, and he was like the coach who was supposed to, he snuck me out of camp, I was a student, <laughs> stuff you can't do today, so I see Rich, I give him the hot dogs, and I get in my truck, and I, I had like 12 more hours ahead of me, just like people mount up, you're late, my time out of turkey, you know, holiday weekend, you know, people, you didn't order enough Monday, you know, I, I just had this day ahead of me, and I go, that's what I need to be doing, he, he was like the Pied Piper, he had all these little kids around him, I said, that's what I need to do, so I went and sold my route, that Friday, I put a loose leaf paper on a piece of chalkboard in, in Boar's Head, and I sold it on a Monday, Wow. after the, and, you know, I really didn't look back, I was happy, I wasn't happy, we weren't, connected my wife and I when I had the boys head route. We weren't trying to have kids. We were just like, I was out, she was out. Well, because it's... It's I mean, stressful. Having a boys head route is a very, very, very stressful thing. Yeah. I was young, too. I was 28. I was, like, I mean, very young. So for people that don't know, like, they load you up at the depot, what, between 1 and 3? Yeah. And the depot's in Brooklyn. Yeah. So if your route's in, like, the Hamptons, <laughs> you have to drive from the Hamptons was to East Brooklyn to load up at, like, 1 in the morning. I was East End Provisions. Yeah. So I would load, wake up in Port Jeff, drive to Brooklyn, load up, drive out to Montauk, and work my way back. And I'd get home at 9 o'clock at night. Really? And then do it the next day. You must have been shot. Seven, seven years. And I never had a day off. Like, never had a sick day or... I had plantar fasciitis. I couldn't... My, I had plantar fasciitis on my foot once. I couldn't even step on the gas pedal. Too much pain, so I had to learn how to drive a stick left, with the lefty foot and just crazy stuff. My first year, I, did, I didn't even have enough money to afford a helper. So I used to go in the store, take the order, go up in the truck, pull it down, put it in the shopping cart, wheel it in, put it away. You know, I did that all day. And, and then you had a boys that was very corporate. So, the, you, know, you know, they didn't want you being a truck driver. They wanted you to be polished and promote sales and do seminars and tastings and stuff like that. So there was a lot involved. The trucks have to be minted yeah, and loaded yeah, you. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot that My goes brother has it. five trucks. He's, he still drives a truck. He's, he's nuts. He's in his 60s. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. But that's one hell of a business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to do that forever, you know? And it just wasn't my calling after a while. It was just, I was just making money. And I, I, tell, the, I tell the kids, you know, I why do you want to do this? And they, if they say, make, I want to make money, I tell them, you know, I've done that. I've, I've done things to make money and it doesn't make you money and it doesn't make you happy. You have to yeah. do what you love and if you do it with your passion, the money will follow you. You groom dogs and you do it passionately, you'll be rich. Yeah. You know, whatever you, you pick. That's true. All right. So, uh, so what do you want to leave people with? I want to leave people with, uh, I'm going to do about one podcast a month. I have a bunch of Local entrepreneurs lined up. I have about three or four That's that uh, have great backgrounds and great stories. Uh, none, none like Charles's, but actually they do. They, are, they everybody has a great story, you know. And uh, everybody does. Charles was painting cars six, seven years ago, and uh, he's going to be a billionaire with a B, and uh, he's going to help a hell of a lot of people along the way. And you know, and and I'm honestly humbled and honored to even be in his sphere at all that he even knows who I am. So. Uh, uh, you know, he's inspired me to do this and I want to help other people and uh, uh, that's where we are. Thanks, Thanks man. man. I appreciate it. Charles is the goods, man. It's not just an act. He's a real dude. He's, he doesn't know me from Adam and he's, he's the man.
So hit him up. He'll, he'll do the right thing for you. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was awesome. It was all right? Yeah, of course. It was great.